Hello. Hello. Y'all can see me now, right? Somebody says stand up. Okay. That was a short joke. It's good to see you tonight. We're glad you're here to come together to worship. We just want to praise the Lord and and uh, just have a good time as we hear His Word preached tonight. First, let's stand and greet one another in the name of the Lord.
if you knew the hymn book. Open my eyes that I may see glimpses of truth thou hast for me. Should be our prayer each day for the Lord to open our eyes. Let's sing that now.
1966, send a great revival in my soul. Pray with me, please. Lord, we just thank you so much for this day. God, you blessed us so much. And our prayer tonight, Lord, is that you would send a great revival in each one of us. I pray, Lord, that uh, we would seek ways to serve you with all of our lives, to give you all, Lord, and just help uh, us to share your word, share the gospel with the lost world. God, I thank you for the time together we have tonight. I pray, God, for Pastor Scott as he comes. Bless him, Lord. Love him. Give him all the words that we need to hear. We just thank you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good evening, church. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of James. James chapter 2 will be our text for this evening. James chapter 2. And we'll be in chapter uh, chapter 2 verse 14 talking about faith and works. You know, we uh, as we look through Scripture, we see where there were two people who talked very plainly about faith and works. We see where Paul 
in Ephesians, and we'll look at that in a bit. Ephesians chapter 2 talked about faith and works and saving faith. And we also see James speak about that as well. As you sit here tonight, you have the opportunity to answer a question. And uh, maybe you've answered this question many times. But as you sit here tonight, do you know that if you were to die tonight, today were your last breath on earth, this were your, you never saw another sunset, would you reside in the eternities of heaven from now on? And if you can say yes, then that's by faith you can say that. And uh, what, what a wonderful, what a wonderful statement that is to know that I know that I know that if something happened to me tonight, I will be with the Lord Jesus Christ for all of eternity. I have that faith. Not in, not in because of what I have done or accomplished in my life, but because what He has accomplished. I, I know that I have faith in the One who can save, and I have a saving faith. And I'm grateful for that saving faith. And all of us can have that assurance of that faith. We can all know Him. We can all know that we are saved by God's grace when we surrender our life to Him. It's so simple. Uh, salvation is not complex. It's very simple. We, we make it complex because we add a whole lot of things to it. But in reality, salvation is very simple. Jesus said, all that call upon me shall be saved. So when we call upon him for what? We call upon him for salvation. We surrender our life to him. We say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I am not saved apart from you. I am lost and I'm, I'm in sin and I want to live by the grace of a God who can save me and, we, and redeem me and we yield our life to Him. When we call upon Jesus as Lord and Savior, we can have the assurance that not based on us and our ability to keep us saved, but on God's ability to keep us saved, He saves us and once He saves us, He adopts us in His family, He seals us, we're His and forever His, we'll always be His. We never lose the relationship we have with Jesus. So we can have that assurance and faith, and, and we can know that. We can know that by God's grace, He saved us. Not by our works, but by God's grace. So we, we're going to work through what works and faith look like. And uh, James tells us that, that both are important. Paul tells us that both are important. I, I remember, I recall a story of uh, there are two men that were traveling across uh, a channel one day in a boat. And a guy, a guy was uh, rowing them across, and they were having a theological conversation. And one said, you know, we're, we're saved by grace. And it's grace and grace alone that we're saved by. We, faith doesn't, I mean, works doesn't matter. It's only by, by faith and that grace that God gives us where we're saved by faith. And, and that faith that we have, that faith is a saving faith. It doesn't matter how we live our life. Works don't matter. It's just by faith that we're saved. And the other one said, uh, no, I, I beg to differ with you. It's uh, by works that we're saved. We, we don't work. We, we can't have any salvation in God. So the conversation went back and forth. One thought that faith saved and one thought work saved. And finally, the guy paddling or rowing the boat across the, the channel there said, can I chime in? And they said, certainly. They agreed to let him chime in. He said, well, I just want to give you a simple illustration here. Uh, you say that you're saved by faith and, and by faith alone. And if this oar is the oar of faith, I just want you to see as I pull this oar of faith, we go in circles. Not much happens in progressing towards the finish line of the other side of the channel. And, sir, you say that, that uh, works is our, 
our means to salvation. And I just want you to see this or of works is likewise doing the same thing. It's just spinning us in circles. It's not getting us any closer to the shoreline. But when I grab both of them and I put faith and works together, we get to the finish line. And that's a pretty good illustration of seeing how they both work together. We don't need just faith. We need we need works. We are we're and we'll see how that all plays out tonight in the text. But God has called us to have faith, the saving faith by his grace, and because we have a saving faith, we'll have works in our life as well. So, just so we can dive in together in the scriptures, if you will stand with me, let's read James chapter 2. Verse 14 will be our text tonight, beginning there. What use is it, my brethren, if someone says he has faith, but he has no works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed, and be filled, and yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body, what use is that? Even so, faith. If it, is, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. But someone may well say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works and I'll show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. The demons also believe and shudder. But are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac his son on the altar? You see that faith was working with his works, and as a result of the works, faith was perfected, and the scripture was fulfilled, which says, And Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by the works when she received the the messengers, and sent them out by another way. For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. Father, I pray that you would speak into our hearts tonight. Lord, as we uh, seek to look into our lives and, and, and the journey that we're on with you to understand, Lord, how faith and, and works work together, God, and how we can live completely and fully for you. We pray, pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. So in this text, we see that, that James is, is pointing our direction, pointing us our attention to the understanding that faith and works fit together. When, when, when he was with the brethren, he's talking to the believers, those who are believers in Christ. He says, what, what use is it then, or what use is it, my brethren? And so he's talking to the brothers and sisters of Christ, those who are saved and and are in the faith, he's calling out to them. He's saying, if someone says he has faith but has no works, can that faith save him? So he calls into question, what kind of faith can save you? Is, is there a faith that can save you that has no works and produces no works? Well, the, the Scriptures tell us, if we look at a, the parallel to this from Paul, and I want you to understand now, Paul says that we're saved by grace through faith, and that is not of ourselves so that we will not boast so that that appears on the surface that that maybe works are apart from that faith that saves us however i want you to understand these two men are not in opposition facing off at one another but they're standing back to back and standing together on this subject 
We see in Ephesians 2, 8, it says, for by, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. So it's not that we're saved as a result of our works. The works did not save us, is what Paul is saying. That our, our saving comes from our faith. We're saved by grace through faith in Christ. So we have that and we can't boast about our works. It's not like we accumulate so many works or we check so many boxes in our life or we get to a place where we've accomplished so many things that now all of a sudden because of our accomplishments we can be accepted into the kingdom of God. That's not the case at all. But it says in verse 10, For we are His workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works. We're created for good works. It, it tells us that. Which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. God has a plan for our lives. Every one of us. That we would yield our life to Him. That we would be redeemed by Him. Recognize our need for a Savior. Yield our life to Him by faith accept the grace that He offers us and, and affords to us. And then because we are in the body of Christ, because we're saved by God's grace, the faith that we have in Him, He's prepared works for us to do that would express that faith and express that grace that we've received to all the people we come in contact with. It should be that when you and I live our lives, when we walk our daily journey with the people we work with, with the friends we hang out with, that the faith that we have in God is seen by the way we live out our lives. What, what we say and what we live should not be opposite or different. We should live out what we say we believe. And, and that is, that's told very well when we are in a business relationship or when we're in a friendship or we're in a personal relationship with our spouse or our children or, or whoever, a relative, whatever, that we, we live out our life in such a way that the faith in the God that we say we have, who loves us beyond measure, who has forgiven us of all of our failures because we have laid our life before Him, that in that regard, we've been saved by His grace. We've been changed and transformed by His work. Therefore, the work that's been done in us should be replicated and, and expressed in lives of others that we come in contact with. I should live my life in such a way at the workplace. I should live my life in such a way at the play place. And I should live my life in such a way at my home place that my lifestyle does not negate who I am in Christ. My faith in Him should be seen by the way I live my life. And it shouldn't just be that the preacher's life is lived in such a way that others believe his faith, but that every one of us who have faith in God and the, the grace that God's given and lavished on us, that all of our lives should be a model to the world of God's working in us. So we're saved by grace, Paul's telling us, through faith, in Christ Jesus. And that is not something we do. We can't save ourselves. If I could save myself, I'd boast about it. But I can't save myself. How, well, Scott, how, what do you mean you can't save yourself? Didn't you make a decision for salvation? Yes. I made a decision for salvation. 
But before I made that decision for salvation, I want you to understand, I said it this morning, I've said it many times before, I want you to get it, I was dead, dead in my trespasses and sin. I was dead, I was a dead man walking, and I couldn't bring myself back to life. You ever seen a dead man make a decision? No. Only an alive person can make a decision. When Elijah was laying in the tomb, he didn't decide to walk out. He was called out. God raised him from the dead. When, when Jesus, when God raised Jesus from the dead, Jesus being God, I understand it's, a, it's a hard with the Trinity there, but he, he depended upon God raising him from the dead because he was dead. And when I was in sin and when you lived in sin, before salvation came to your life and mine, we were dead in our trespasses and sin. We did not save ourselves but we responded to the saving work of Jesus when He reached down and called us to Himself and He resurrected us to our awareness of our sin and our, our, the death that was within us. And we responded in faith and said, I want you instead of the death life that I've lived. I want to live the life that you want me to live. He gave us life more abundantly. So we, we see that we're saved by grace through faith in Christ Jesus. And, and in, the sense, in, in, in all essence, we're, we see the same thing. James is talking about the same thing. He says, what use is it, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but has no works? You say you have faith, that, that's good. That's a good thing to say you have faith, and I hope you do have faith. But you'll have works that go along with him, faith, that faith, because that's what Paul was saying too. We were created, we're God's workmanship, created by God for works, to do a work for the glory of God. Now, we've heard this before, but I'm the hands and feet of Jesus. You're the hands and feet of Jesus. We're all given the responsibility to walk for the Lord Jesus Christ, to live for Him, to be His light into a dark world, to go and share the good news, to go love the unlovable, to touch the untouchable, to be around those who need influence in their life in a positive way, and to be a part of the, uh, the glorious work of building God's kingdom. So in doing that, we're called to a work. I'm called to a work. And, and, and my work is, is to work for the Lord. It didn't, didn't save me, but because I am saved and called, I have a work. And can, can faith apart from work save you? And, and James is issuing the, the statement that, no, that your faith apart from your works your, your works apart from your faith, that's not a saving faith. If you've got a saving faith, you're going to have works. You're going to, you're going to work. Now, there, there are denominations and there are uh, religions that believe that you work your way to heaven. That, that if you do enough good works, if you, and, and if, you, if you stop doing good works, your salvation's ended and, and you, you've lost your salvation. And ladies and gentlemen, that's not the case. I cannot work my way to being saved. In fact, I was saved the moment I called upon Jesus, not the moment I got baptized. I was saved because the work of baptism is an external work done by man, and it's man's choice in man's hands. That's the work of man. Salvation is a work of God. In the, in the heart of mankind, I was saved before I ever got baptized, 
I was saved the moment I recognized I was lost and cried out to Jesus to save me. In a nanosecond of time, I was saved. If I'd have died between then and, and the time I was able to do any other work, I would have been saved, gloriously saved, victoriously saved, and eternally saved in the presence of Jesus for all of my life. Does that make sense to us? Now, I have done some work because I was saved. I went and got baptized in obedience to the command of Christ. He says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're to, we're to be baptized. That's a command of Jesus. He commanded us to go and, 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 and walk through this process. And I'm telling you, if it was good enough for Jesus to be baptized in the River Jordan, it was good enough for me to be baptized. Amen? I want to be walking in obedience to Christ. And He called me to do that. So I, I think baptism is very important as a sign and a symbol of my faith and my journey with Christ. But that is not a work that saved me. The work that saved me was what God did inside of me. So we go on and we see as we walk through this text, he says, If a brother or sister is without clothing in need of daily, daily food, and, and one says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled. And yet you do not give them what is necessary for the body, what use is that? In other words, he's saying, James saying here, just because you have faith that that could happen, if you don't act on that faith, then nothing's going to happen in that person's life. You've got to act upon that person's life, help them, give them something. If you're going to speak it, you've got to act upon it and help them out. So he's telling us that's, that's a faith. I've got faith that God will provide, and I've also got faith that God uses me at times to provide. So when, when God calls me to do something and meet a need, that's God telling me to take my faith in Him and put it to work in an action to help somebody else. And that's how it works. Verse uh, 16, 17 says, Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead being by itself. Someone may say well, or may well say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your works without Show me your faith without works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. And that's what, what James is saying there is, you're going to be able to see the faith that I have. If I'm living for Christ as God has called me to, and if you're living for Christ as God has called you to, you're not going to have to run around telling me you're saved. I'm going to see that you're saved. A fruit, a tree bears fruit. And I can tell that tree by the fruit that it bears. And if a tree is bearing good fruit, then, then that's, that's a good tree. And I'll be able to see that. But if there's no fruit on the tree, I've got to wonder if the tree is of any value, right? Isn't that what Jesus said? Look at the tree. See what kind of fruit's on that tree. If I say I've got faith and, and I'm walking in faith, then you're going to see the, that faith work out in me. You're going to see fruit from that faith. You believe in God. You believe that God is one. You do well. The demons also believe and shudder. So belief right there is, is not just, belief is not just enough. The demons believe in God. You remember when, when Jesus was facing the ones with, that were demon-possessed in the Bible, and, and, and you see that, 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 that possession, that oppression that, that the demons have on a person, explained in Scripture, and the demons were fearful of Jesus. They, they, they 
They listened to Jesus. He commanded them to leave. They left. You go get in that, that, that herd of swine. They went and got in the herd of swine. They, they did what Jesus said. They, they shuddered. They, they trembled at the name of Jesus. They're fearful of Jesus. The demons know who Jesus is. They know who Jesus is, and they're fearful of Him. Uh, we need a little fear like that to know who Jesus is and recognize His power and His authority. The demons know who Jesus is, but the demons aren't surrendered to Jesus. and They're not saved. And they won't be saved. So as we look, just, just knowledge of who God is. I'll tell you, I lived 31 years of my life. Let's just say somewhere around 6, 7, 8, somewhere in that range, maybe 5, 6, 7, I don't know. But somewhere in that time frame, things started to click with me, and I started to understand because I was raised in a Christian environment. I began to understand that there was a God and, and that God wanted me to live a good life. And, and I understood these things. And I believed that there was a God. I'll tell you, I cannot remember a day in my life that I did not believe there was a God in heaven who had a son named Jesus and the Holy Spirit. I couldn't explain it. I don't know that I can well explain it now. But I know this. I've always believed in the Trinity of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I've always believed there was a a guy with a pitchfork in his hand named Satan. As a kid, I believed I, I had those images that were drawn in a coloring book somewhere, somewhere on TV. I, I had those images that, that there was this good guy and bad guy, and God and Satan, and I didn't have a problem with that. I understood that. I believed that. But I wasn't saved because I'd never yielded my life to him. I can tell you this. I, I went from the age of that age of knowing that there was a God to making decisions against God, to live my life for me and not for God until the age of 31 when I surrendered my life to God. didn't have a religion any longer, but I had a relationship. The relationships made all the difference in the world. The religion didn't change much in me. I'd tell you I was a Christian before I got saved. I would tell you there was a God. I didn't have a problem with that. I was under conviction many times because I was living my life apart from God. But when I surrendered my life to God, things changed. There are many people in this world who believe there's a God. There are many people who will say there's a God and do great works. Their, their life is filled with good works. They help everybody they need that needs help. They do things. They're very... They're great philanthropists. They, they give. They, they really share of all they have. They, they have good morals. But I'm telling you, faith or works without faith is a dead relationship. It's no relationship. It's a dead religion. So you've got to have faith and works, not just works, not just faith. You've got to have faith and works. The demons believe it. It says and they, they shudder. Verse 20 says, but are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? Now, the next portion of what, what James goes into in verse 21 is probably one of the, one of the most amazing texts in all of Scripture. And, and for that, I'll turn to Genesis chapter 22. You may want to join me there. I want to read a story to you tonight. You may know very well. But it's one of the most gripping, eye-opening stories in the beginning of the Bible, we see true faith where it meets at the crossroads of faith and works. We see a guy who has lived a long life, who has longed for a son, and at the late age that he was, he and his wife, Sarah, gave birth to a son. He loved Isaac. 
He loved Isaac, cherished Isaac greatly. But in the process of being obedient to God, he was more interested in following the will of God than he was the will of his own heart. Genesis chapter 22, verse 1 says this, Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. He said, Take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on, the, on one of the mountains, which I will tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Isaac raised his eyes and saw the place from a distance. I want you to understand something. This was not just something that happened in the spur of a moment. It's something God dealt with, Isaac, with, uh, with Abraham's heart. He took Isaac, his son, and two, two witnesses, two helpers with him. And it took him a couple of days to journey there. So he had a lot of time to walk with his son, think about what was happening. Isaac knew, I mean, uh, Abraham knew what was going on. Said in verse 5, Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the lad will go over there, and we will worship and return to you. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, and took it in his hand, the fire and the knife. So the two of them walked on together. Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood and bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay the son, his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. He said, Here I am. He said, Do not stretch out your hand against the lad, and do nothing to him, for now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham raised his eyes and looked. And behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the place of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, the mount of the Lord, it will be provided. So here we see, and we could continue to read in that, that story, we see, though, the essence of what I want to capture and what, what God's speaking into our hearts. Here's a man, Abraham, who's a man of faith. He has faith. There's no doubt. He's leading in a way that shows he has faith. But you see the faith come together with the works right here. He says, you know, I love the Lord. I'm, I believe in the Lord. The Lord will provide. And, and he didn't know how God was going to provide. He didn't know if it was going to be his son that he was going to provide with. But he was willing to give his only son and lay his son on the altar. Now, there are many things here we could walk into and spend time discussing tonight. What I want to draw our minds to is this in this beautiful picture that he had faith and his work lined up with it. He, he had actions in his life that testified to the God that he had faith in. He trusted God more than he trusted his human logic. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. 
And Abraham did that. Abraham trusted in God more than he trusted in his own human wisdom, his own logic, his own thought process. I'm sure to any of us, if we've had children and we think about laying our child on the altar to sacrifice, we would think that makes no sense at all. But Abraham took his faith and he put it into action and it met work right there on the altar where he was willing to sacrifice his son. And then the angel said, no, don't hurt him. I will provide. There's a, there's a ram. Now, there's, there's a whole lot more that we could talk about in there that relates to how God provided for us a sacrifice in his son. But if we see there clearly that it, it relates to this story, and, and James is drawing from it. He says there in verse 21, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac his son on the altar? You see that faith was working with his works. And as a result of the works, faith was perfected. And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham, and Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. And he, called, he was called the friend of God. Abraham believed God. God told him to do it. Told him what to do, what mountain to go to, and he believed God. He trusted in God. He had enough faith in God. His faith had no limits. And his works walked alongside of his faith. Oh, that we would live like that. That we trusted God so much that in our faith, our works lined up and walked alongside of our, our, our works. Our works and our faith walked alongside of each other. Verse 24 says, See that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. When the, when the soldiers came in to search Rahab's house, she hid the messengers of God. She sent them out another way. Rahab the harlot. Rahab the harlot sent a pretty, pretty prestigious lineage, didn't she? Yeah, she's, she's in the lineage of Christ. And Rahab the harlot had faith. She was the only one in that place that had faith, but she had faith. And her faith led her to be a person of works that protected those messengers. Her faith was exemplified through her works. For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. You know, you can sit here tonight and say, well, I've got faith in God. Tell me what you're doing with it. Well, what are you doing with your faith? Does your faith have legs? Is it, is it working? Do you have, can you put feet to your faith? Are you doing something that, that proves that, that shows? And not that you're trying to earn your way into heaven because I can't earn my way into heaven. You can't earn your way into heaven. We can't do enough good works to get to heaven. We're not worthy of heaven. It is a gift of God. Salvation is a free gift to all who will call upon God. So we can't work for it to earn it. It's already been presented to us by the grace of God. It's free for all who will call upon Him. So I can't work to get it, but because I've got faith in God, because I know Him as my personal Lord and Savior, I'm going to put my faith into action and I'm going to work for the glory of God. 
And that should be the life of all of us. We should find a way to say, okay, I've got faith in God. I want, I want to see my faith come to life through works. I want, to, I want to work. How can we do that? Well, I'm telling you, you sit in the church tonight that is full of opportunities for you to take your faith and express it in your works. There's a lot of places here where every man and every woman, every child can find a place to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. We can put our faith into action and we can do works for the glory of God. We can work together. We can do a whole lot more together than we can apart. God says that a cord of two strands is, is good, but a cord of three strands can't easily be broken. I mean, we, we, need to, we need to come together. We need to bind together in love and serve God together. And, and we need to put our faith into action and we need to go to work. There's a lost and dying world right around us. So we need to love within this place. We need to have faith in God and accept His forgiveness, forgive others around us, live in such a way that our, we express love to others, but we work together to accomplish something bigger for God's glory than we can on our own, but we can do it together. We put our, our actions together. God weaves us together. You may be sitting here tonight and say, I don't know where I fit. You fit. Because the body of God, the body of Christ comes together. We're all unique, all uniquely gifted and called and, and, and purposed to have a different past, but also we're, we're headed to the same future together in Christ. So He's called us together. You're important. Every person in this room is important. Every person in this, this church is important because you've got a place where you can take what God's given you and you can put it into action and you can work for the glory of God. I'll tell you, we'll all meet opportunities this week where we can take our faith and we can put it to work. We can do that in praying for people. You know, if I, if I, don't, have, if I don't truly have faith in God, I'm probably not going to pray to Him. But if I've got faith in God, I'll pray. When I know somebody's sick, I'll lift them up to God. I don't know if God's going to use medicine. I don't know if He's going to use a doctor. I don't know if He's just going to reach down from heaven and touch that individual. But I know this, God is capable. And He also asked us to present our petitions before Him, to come before the throne room of grace boldly and let it be known what we're, what we're dealing with. He says, be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and supplication, make your request known to God. We're supposed to go to God and lay it before the Lord so I can pray in faith. That's, that's a work. That's putting it together that, God, I believe in you, and I, I wanna, I'm going to share my heart with you here and, and put, put some action to what, I'm, what I believe. I believe God is a, He hears my prayers. I believe He responds to prayers, so I'm going to pray. And we can do that together. I believe God uses me. I believe God uses you. I believe God uses all of us together to reach a lost nation, a lost town. Hey, we live in a community that's lost. We live in a, on a continent that's lost. And there's, there's continents around this globe where there are lost people, and we're called to the ends of this earth, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world to share the gospel. You say, well, Scott, I can't go to the uttermost parts. I can understand that. Maybe you can't go. But you can pray and you can help provide for those that can go. You can be a part of the process. You can put your faith to work and you can make sure that there's no, no reason for somebody not to go because you're going to be in the background supporting them and helping them. And then where you can go because you can go to your neighbors. You got up and came here. You can make it to your neighborhood, right? You find a place where you can reach out to the lost that are around you. And we share the good news of the gospel. And you say, well, Scott, I've done that and it didn't work. Keep doing it. The results 
the results are unknown to you. Keep doing some plant, some water, but God gives the increase. You don't know if you're planting. You don't know if you're watering. But God's going to give the increase, so you keep, you keep sowing some seeds. You keep working. You keep striving. You keep being persistent. And you keep following Jesus. You put your faith to work in your life. And there are many ways. I, I can't stand up here tonight and tell you all the ways that you can work for the glory of God. But I can tell you this. God's called us to put our faith and our works together. And we do it for the glory of Him. Let's pray. Father, thank You for this day. Thank You for Your Word. Lord, I pray that You help us understand how we can take the faith we have in You and be sure that we're working well for You. So God, don't let our our faith be a, a, a dead faith, but an alive faith with works that line up with Your call for our life. Lord, I pray that others will be able to look at our life and we don't have to shout from the rooftops that we have faith in You. However, I'm not ashamed of the Gospel. I'm not ashamed of You, Jesus. I'm not ashamed to tell everybody that I'm Your child. Lord, I'm just saying that I shouldn't have to tell everybody I bump into that I'm a Christian. They ought to know by my actions. They ought to see by the life that I live. And and where you prompt me, which is often, I don't mind telling people that you're my Lord and Savior. So, Lord, help us to also with our statements line up with our life. Let our life of uh, of the way we live our life, Lord, be a testimony that, that parallels and lines up and reinforces the words that we speak where we say we're yours. God, I pray you'll give us plenty of opportunities this week to see faith put into action and work. Move in our hearts, Lord. Thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. I pray you have a great night tonight. Be safe this week. May God bless you as you go.